0: Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of Thoughts on Films. Uh, My name is Fikri Jamadi, and with me here today is Ezra Mahmood. Ezra, hello. How are you doing?
1: Hello. Hi. Good. Good. Alhamdulillah. Doing very well. How about
0: you? I'm doing alright. Thanks. Uh, Life goes on, Uh, even behind closed doors. We are still doing what we can uh, to just stay alive, stay focused, and keep on recording, thinking aloud on Malaysian cinema and beyond. Uh, Certainly in the context of today's episode, there's going to be an emphasis on the beyond bit because we will be having some contributions from some of our other friends uh, from uh, other parts of the world. Um, For those uh, who are listening here today, uh, today's episode, hopefully going to be a little shorter than usual, mm. uh, by and large, it's going to be composed of us catching up with some of our friends, and then Ezra, you're going to be talking a bit more about uh, walk about Asia. Am hey. I... yeah. So we can go. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take walk a walk about, about... Asia. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to take a walk about in that direction. Uh, that's the collective. <laughs> Is it a collective? Mm-hmm. A company? Um, an organization? What? What? What do you call it? Uh, a channel. Production. A channel, yeah. I would
1: call it a, a micro-documentary
0: channel. Alright, okay, so that's yeah. a micro-documentary channel that <laughs> Ezra is currently attached to. For now, uh, we're going to mm-hmm. jump first to our brother in arms in India. And that will be hey. Mr. Muzafasha Hanafi. Uh, usually, of course, uh, my podcast partner. But today, unfortunately, he is unable to join us. He did, however, manage to send over a voice note just to share his thoughts and his perspective behind the walls of the world's biggest lockdown. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: that's it is.
0: yeah uh, we, we're looking at um, over a billion people, 1.3 if we were talking about more official figures, being uh, forced to stay at home uh, one way or another. And Muz is one of those people. So I just very briefly ask him some questions primarily about what his life is like now as well as uh, his thoughts on how this could affect Indian cinema so let's have a quick listen to that and then we will reflect on that.
2: Hi everyone this is Moose uh, Fikri, regular partner in crime for the Thoughts on the Film podcast. This time around, I'm not going to take part in the podcast session, but rather right providing audio response to the questionnaire provided by Fikri in regards of the current situation and also my experience as a Malaysian expert uh, living in India. So going to the first question, what has the impact of coronavirus been like in your part of India? Uh, a few days back, Indian government declared 21 days national total lockdown meaning that everyone has to stay at home you are not allowed to go out unless for emergency purposes only and only essential services are allowed to operate Uh, from my observation uh, it it has been quite an effective approach taken by the government uh, to contain the outbreak as I can see from the Uh, figures of reported cases barely touching 1,000 with fatality uh, less than uh, 30 Uh, well the number might have uh, changed as of now but at least considering this is India uh, such small reported cases is quite an achievement of course some might say that uh, the number is being downplayed due to lack of uh, testing, uh, lack of uh, drought testing uh, nationwide, but still you know, the government taking such a bold move which might have a, a negative impact to the economy at the very early stage of the outbreak uh, showing that uh, India is very serious in um, taking, you know, taking care of the well-being of its people. So I have to give and applaud for that. In term of impact of coronavirus, uh, you see, India is a very lively country. You know, being a country with one point three billion uh, people, you know, it have to be a lively. In fact, uh, I'm, you know, having lived here for the last almost two years by now, uh, I am so used to listen to uh, background noises, vehicles, motor vehicles, sirens, dog barking, people talking, even at twelve midnight on weekdays. Since the lockdown uh, order being declared, I hardly even heard the birds chirping so it's quite a creepy uh, environment for me so I hope you know this lockdown uh, uh, order will be successfully contained the virus so that we don't have to go through this uh, for the next 21 days okay question number two Generally speaking, how has this affected Indian cinema, in your opinion? Uh, hmm. uh, well, uh, as I mentioned before, all the essential services being allowed to operate during these troubled times and unfortunately, entertainment industry is not part of that. I believe many production being put on hold right now and it's definitely going to take toll on the small independent production houses. Uh some of it might have to shut down its operation. I also have a few local friends who work in the industry uh on work for hire basis meaning that they only got paid uh when they are working in the production so no production meaning that uh, no income. Uh, but despite all this tough, but despite this tough situation, I, I am quite certain that Indian cinema industry going to bounce back. Uh, knowing Indian as enthusiastic uh, moviegoers, uh, when you deprive them from going to the cinema for twenty one days, they're going to pay back that lost time. I think. Uh, Cineflex, uh, cinema houses going to be full house for months, uh, for whatever movies they're being played.
0: Right. So those were the thoughts of our brother Muz, uh, in India. Uh, well, quite detailed, quite informative. Uh, certainly for me, in some parts, uh, enlightening. Uh, I will share a bit more of my thoughts on that. But Ezra, I kind of uh, wonder what you think about it.
1: Well, after listening to what Moose has to say, I mean it's it's really interesting to try to comprehend the differences between you know the contrast of being of India, uh, being you know lively and very loud, colorful country, mm. and now it's under lockdown for twenty one days, so, so it's you know total contrast, and I I try to comprehend how total silent would be like this. You know, you're so used to having noise around you, kind of forget how silence sounds like. And now, mm. now it's, you know, quiet everywhere. It's, it's, it's obvious. It's on your face or on your life. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I hope all is well. And yeah, I think for me personally in Wang Sumandu, it it's not that silence. Mm. Uh, it's people still, because we're near um, a hospital, So there's always in and out of the ambulance
0: and yeah. Right. So I I, could not imagine what do you think, sir? Uh, I I personally I'm I was struck by that as well. Just the idea of being in a context where you are surrounded by noise and not just any kind of noise, but noise that is reflective of some kind of life somewhere. And Suddenly, you're not, and while that may be a good thing because it shows that people are, for the most part, uh, adhering to a lot of what the government has been telling mm. them, it also becomes a little eerie. Uh, what mm. Muz shared with me in a WhatsApp message is uh, also okay. the soundtrack to the movie Twenty Eight Days Later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that was that was with you as well, right? That was in our. Uh, tough group <laughs> WhatsApp yeah. chats, uh, group <laughs> chat. So so there is that sense that um, life is, is a little eerie, but uh, it's also a good thing that it's eerie because it means that people are staying at home. So pros and cons yeah. there. But I just, I can't imagine what it's like to be in that context. Uh, do you know what I mean? Because I, I've never been yeah. to India. I don't, I don't know about the, the, the cacophony of, of noise or of life that he's been uh, he mentioned in, in that um, uh, voice note earlier. So, yeah. so I can't uh, put myself in that same pair of shoes. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. uh, those Definitely. those were the thoughts of our brother, Moose. Uh, just very quickly, to mm-hmm. contextualise it a bit more, uh, that voice note was sent mm-hmm. over at the end of March. And mm-hmm. now, of course, we are uh, recording uh, earlier in April. Uh, the The most recent mm-hmm. figures... I have here with me on the 5th of April, we're looking at about 3,300 plus deaths in uh, uh, confirmed cases. Sorry, my apologies. Uh, 3,374 confirmed cases in India with 77 deaths. So so those are the latest numbers coming from India, All right? That's the kind of context that you should bear in mind. And from that context, we're going to jump to another because... Uh, is it, is this is almost like a bonus thing for our listeners and, and for the world at, at, uh, at large. But for the eh. first time ever, in a podcast about Malaysian cinema, we are going to feature not one, but two Muzis. <laughs> because uh, we are going to have a listen to two what, yeah, what Muzami Rahman, a filmmaker currently based in Malaysia, has to say in, in the past yeah. episode. In the previous episode, we talked about his film, Takut Kata being delayed as a result of the MCO being implemented in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I thought, you know what? That's us looking at things from the outside. Uh, we kind of know him personally. Let's just get his uh, thoughts and feelings uh, on the ma- on the matter. So I reached out to him and uh, this is mm-hmm. what he has to say um, about his life right now uh, and about the impact of uh, COVID-19 uh the situation as a whole on his film Takut Ketak as well as on his uh, subsequent film uh, Prebet Sapu okay. and this is what he has to say so let's have a let's have a listen Okay, Encik Muzamir Rahman. Thank you very much for your time. Saya ada beberapa soalan yang ingin saya tanya kepada anda mengenai COVID-19 dan juga bagaimana COVID-19 ini memberi satu kesan kepada uh, filem-filem yang Mus sedang diterbitkan sekarang. For now, um, how are you doing? Um, keluarga semua okey, sihat?
3: So, saya dan family semuanya okey. Um, saya tinggal di Sha Alam um, bersama seorang housemate dan ibu saya di Segamat, Johor. Um, ada adik-adik saya, so kami semua dalam keadaan sihat dan selamat lah. So untuk sebab tak boleh keluar ni, uh, saya banyak menghabiskan masa dengan uh, membaca, menonton dan semestinya memasak.
0: Okay, yang memasak tu saya ada beberapa soalan lagi yang saya ingin kemukakan um, kemudian. Tapi buat sementara waktu ni saya nak tanya tentang uh, kesan COVID-19 ini di mana filem mus takut ketak telah ditangguhkan so, dia sepatutnya ditayang di PowerGround pada 2 April tapi of course now that's not the case um, how do you feel about this?
3: ok berkenaan tentang filem um, kedua saya dan yang pertama ditayangkan di PowerGround sepatutnya uh, takut ke tak yang patut tayang 2 April lalu um, ia postpone kerana Covid ni so um, bagi kami semua bagi saya sendiri sebagai uh, pengarah um, ada adalah rasa kecewa sikit. Tapi um, dalam masa sama, itu adalah terbaik untuk semua orang. Lah. Sebab, pertamanya, um, di waktu-waktu begini memang orang tak nak pergi ke panggung. Dan kemudian um, setelah, set, um, setelah kita, uh, kami memikirkan tak ada orang ke panggung, barulah panggung semua um, beritahu yang mereka akan tutup. Dan kemudian barulah RMO dijalankan. Jadi, kami rasa... Uh, sedikit kecewa tapi uh, mungkin um, dengan masa yang ada ni adalah peluang kami untuk melakukan uh, promosi untuk menambah baikkan uh, film tu dalam pada masa akan datang.
0: Mus, saya juga ingin tahu apakah ini memberi satu um, perubahan uh, kepada perancangan untuk distribusi film ini kerana uh, ada beberapa film lain di uh, peringkat antarabangsa yang, yang tukar strategi Dan yang sekarang tidak ditayangkan di panggung wayang filem itu disebarkan kepada uh, bukan kepada pengawam, tapi kepada para penonton melalui video on demand dan dan sebagainya. Apakah ini mungkin menjadi satu cara di mana uh, produser takut ketak ataupun mus sendiri pun berfikir, ya mungkin kita boleh buat, you know, kita boleh buat macam ni takut ketak boleh kita tayang di Astro ke apa ke? Um, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Untuk filem takut ketak, um, buat masa ni kami mengharapkan um, Saya sendiri mengharapkan ia ditayangkan di panggung Tapi kalau um, pihak penerbit um, telah um, um, Pihak penerbit ada rancangan lain untuk dijual di televisyen Atau pay-per-view punya channel um, Saya rasa saya tak ada masalah untuk tu Sebab um, penerbit yang keluarkan modal untuk buat film ni
0: okay, Selain daripada takut ketak uh, mus juga ada satu lagi filem sebuah lagi filem yang berjudul Prepe Sapu um, any impact yang diberikan oleh uh, COVID-19 terhadap penerbitan filem tersebut
3: Ya betul Fikri yang pihak SAPO rancangannya akan ditayangkan di penghujung tahun ni uh, sekitar bulan 10 hingga bulan 12 tapi disebabkan um, wabak pandemik uh, COVID-19 ni saya rasa kita akan postpone lah sehingga tahun depan dan mungkin akan bagi laluan um, untuk filem Takut Ketak uh, ditayangkan dulu saya tak nak ditayangkan serentak ataupun ditayangkan dalam masa yang dekat um, selain tu juga um, saya rasa uh, Benda ni efek um, kepada ni lah uh, banyak banyak festival filem di dunia um, ditangguhkan mungkin ada yang dibatalkan so um, ia juga mau me- me- dikesan karena PB Sapu juga mungkin akan menghantar filem ni ke beberapa festival untuk dinilai untuk ditonton dan uh, tetap Perkembangan PB sapu pula. Sekarang uh, kami sedang melakukan proses uh, pasca audio, post audio di mana uh, kita tengah compose music dan tengah buat sound design sebelum masuk mixing uh, pada bulan Jun nanti. Uh,
0: secara ringkas uh, pada waktu ini uh, ada banyak kes uh, di Malaysia di mana kita ada dengar berita di social media tentang artis-artis atau selebriti dan pelakon dan sebagainya yang uh, cuba mencari uh, Satu peluang di mana uh, kerajaan boleh memberi satu uh, support kepada mereka lah uh, dari segi kewangan dan sebagainya. Uh, ini juga menjadi sesuatu yang uh, kalau menurut saya macam uh, netizens di Malaysia itu macam tidak begitu suka tentang hal-hal seperti ini. Uh, Mus bukan seorang artis, in the sense that he was an actor, tapi uh, you are an artist in the sense that you are making art. Jadi sebagai seorang penggiat dan um, professional dalam industri sinema uh, tanah air, uh, I just wonder what are your thoughts on this particular issue? Uh,
3: tentang isu selebriti uh, meminta bantuan, uh, ingin, meminta bantuan uh, ingin meminta bantuan kerajaan kemudian dikecam oleh publicisen, saya rasa um, pada pendapat saya sa, um, hal isu tu sepatutnya tak berlakulah. Karena uh, pada keadaan sekarang ni uh, semua orang tengah resah. Semua orang tengah berasa depress. So bila para selebriti yang yang sebelum ni kita lihat uh, cara hidupnya um, agak luxury, agak agak apa kita boleh katakan mewah, bila mereka sendiri yang meminta hal, uh, meminta bantu, meminta untuk diberi bantuan, uh, itu saya tak langsung mengundang kemarahan lah. Jadi Pada pendapat saya, um, keadaan dan suasana sekarang tak sesuai untuk uh, mana-mana pihak uh, berjuang untuk diri mereka sendiri sahaja.
0: Okay, um, as I mentioned before, saya ada yang saya nak tanya tentang uh, masakan-masakan mus ini. Um, what's going on here? Saya nampak di Facebook, mus macam semakin aktif untuk um, memasak makanan yang pelbagai, uh, terutama cakwek dan sebagainya. Kita dengar Banyak dengan tentang majik ya. Apakah kita boleh uh, expect uh, a new franchise, abang mus cakwe tahu yang yang boleh di, uh, di di diwujudkan pada waktu yang terdekat dan <laughs> you know do you have any secret ingredients?
3: Okay, tentang masak itu. Sebenarnya saya bukan masak cakuitu je. Saya ada buat pau sambal, saya ada buat roti canai, saya ada buat, buat um, ketonis kuitiau, saya buat nasi lemak brown rice. Sebenarnya sebelum saya teringin nak jadi penulis dan filmmaker ni, saya teringin nak jadi tukang masak. Arwah bapak saya adalah tukang masak. Arwah atuk saya... Uh, belah mak, belah bapa adalah tukar masak uh, Mak saya pun um, um, meniaga, masa, um, meniaga makanan Jadi memang um, Masak tu daripada kecil lah Jadi macam saya punya hobi dan passion So uh, berkenaan adakah saya akan apa, uh, Buka kedai Mungkin uh, itu adalah salah satu impian saya lah Untuk buka restoran sendiri Dan tentang um, bahan-bahan rahsia tu sebenarnya tak ada Yang yang ada adalah teknik Saya pun uh, masak ni tengok dekat Facebook Tengok dekat IG, buka YouTube Teknik tu je lah So tak ada resepi rahsia pun Teknik dengan rajin tak rajin saja.
0: Ya kalau menurut saya, bagi saya uh, Saya memang malas lah <laughs> But that's another story for another day For now, uh, Saudara uh, Muzami Rahman Terima kasih kerana tu sudi meluangkan waktu Untuk um, berkongsi pendapat Pada kita pada hari ini um, Speaking of which Sunday 5th of April Also your birthday uh, Jadi selamat hari jadi Happy birthday And hope you have a great one
3: Terima kasih Fikri atas uh, soalannya Dan terima kasih juga Di atas ucapan selamat hari jadi Semoga Fikri dan keluarga juga Berada dalam keadaan sehat dan selamat Semoga kita semua dapat mengharungi Boleh survive Boleh survive uh, COVID-19 ni
0: Right. Uh, Mm -mm. our brother Muz uh, sharing a bit more of his thoughts on uh, life in Malaysia as well as the impact on his uh, respective films Uh, again Mm -mm. Ezra, your thoughts Mm -hmm. please yes what do you think
1: Uh, I think what caught my attention the most is that uh, Muz mentioned about how you know his film takut ketak will be postponed and uh, his other film also a private SAPU will probably be postponed later because it's supposed to come out at uh, uh, end of this year. So I think I can hear a little bit of uh, sadness and <laughs> because, you know, as a filmmaker, you are so ready. Probably, uh, I would think, uh, if I were to be in this place, I'm so ready to have you know my film on the big screen. And, you know, with COVID uh, happening, the pandemic, it's, you know, it's either be postponed or even not going to be in uh, the big screen. Only probably mm. be sell to, like you said, to, you know, pay-per-view or other TV stations. So, mm. kind of a bummer a bit, I think. And I really hope <laughs> um, the producer decide to put it on the cinema even before uh, they probably sell it to the uh, TV station. Mm so yeah that's, that's, yeah that's
0: what I feel I, I will agree certainly there's a big difference between mm-hmm. films released uh, in, mm-hmm. in home, on home video if you will in on, in mm-hmm. you know either streaming through Astro First or something like that or on DVD compared to mm-hmm. your film actually being released in the cinema uh, I think mm-hmm. I, I brought up this concern before but my biggest mm-hmm. concern slash worry mm-hmm. um, depending on, on how mm-hmm. you look at it is that this is, again, going to be something that's not going to do as well later on because it's going to be in, in a context where other films will be released as well. It's going to cannibalise. Oh, yeah. uh, these films are going to cannibalise the same audiences, basically. Uh, the the uh, same uh, groups of people cool. who might be interested in this. There might cool. be something else that they will be interested in later on as well. Uh, and I'm just talking about Malaysian uh, cinema here, just cinema in general. Uh, quite a lot of films are delayed uh, yeah. and... Being being you know pushed back to uh, later parts of the year, uh, the it's it's kind of good in a way because when this whole thing is done and dusted, at least for me personally, I feel like let's say for instance you know when being a football fan myself, you know when you go to a, th- that first football match that will be put on where people are allowed to come back into the stadium, it's gonna be so joyous and it's gonna be so so ecstatic. You know people are gonna be so excited. And are, at least the yeah, English fans, they are going to sing songs like, you know, F coronavirus or F COVID. I, I can imagine that. I can literally imagine that. You know, I, I, if I stop yeah. and think about it, I can see that happening. All the fans coming together and they come together to support not just their respective football teams, but life itself. But when that happens, there's going to be a, a glut of football matches to enjoy. And and bringing this back to the cinematic context, we are going to have that as well. It's going to be amazing that all these films are going to be out, but they are also going to be out in a context where other films are going to be out, and that yeah. might affect how much money they make um, at the box office. Uh, so that's something that's worth bearing in mind. I find it interesting that Moose yeah. is very keen to point out how Takut Ketak is actually... His first film to be released, but not his first film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you notice that? Yeah. Um, and I agree with him. I, I, certainly for those of you who don't know, Prevet Sapu is, for the longest time, the, the, the project that he has been working on. And that's the, the, the thing is that... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing he started first. Oh. Um, quite a number of years ago. I Bila? I think September 2018, I... Uh, wow. brought him to and, and, and this was even from before I brought him to uh, have a chat with some of my students at Sunway and, and he was talking about that he was sharing his experiences um, in, in the film industry and he shared some footage from the film you know, he showed them the, some scenes from the film as well. it was still unfinished but the fact what is like. that was 2018 so it was already shot by then so it must have been something that started a lot earlier than that so, I think that's in his mind, his first film. So, I think this is the kind of consideration that we have to bear in mind as well. Later on, people, when they talk mm-hmm. about the cinema of Muzami Rahman, for instance, they're going to be perhaps looking at Takukata yeah. and saying, This is his first film, most representative mm-hmm. of his you know, cinematic mm-hmm. vision. And to that, we have to add this particular asterisk because uh, the mm-hmm. film Takukata seems to have been made uh, a little after Prebet Sapu, but it's, it's mm-hmm. the first one that's being released. Rabbit Sapu is the one that is uh, it. It should be released later this year, but but yes, uh, those were his thoughts. Uh, thank you very much to to the two muses. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought you know if you have more than one muse, uh, the universe is going to explode or something. Double
1: the muse, double the fun.
0: Yes, that's right. We, but we're still here, we're still alive and well. So so it's all good. It's all good and well. Thank you very much uh, to uh, our brothers uh, for for sharing that. We are going to be taking a short break. Uh, After the break, when we come back, we are going to be hearing the thoughts of our friend uh, in Australia, Lynn Arifin, who is one of the persons behind Aussie Malaysian TV. And she's going to be talking about how COVID-19 has affected them. And then we're going to be talking more about you. And well, more about walk about Asia, but you know, out of the two of us, you're the one here who's a lot more aware and informed about that. So we'll be having a chat about that. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're not supposed to go anywhere, anyways. You're supposed to stay at home. So so just sit there, don't move. We're going to be right back after this.
4: Welcome to AMTV.
1: We are Malaysians.
2: Right, ladies
0: and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the second part of our episode here today. As we mentioned before the break, we are going to be catching up with our friend Lynn Arifin, uh, one of the persons behind Aussie Malaysian TV, currently based uh-huh. in Melbourne, Australia. So I got in touch with her asking her about, you know, again, the COVID-19 context, uh, where she is, as well as the Uh-oh. impact uh, on AMTV and a, okay. a very special program that they're doing right now because they are reaching out to Malaysians all over the world uh, asking for different kinds of uh, story and video contributions sharing their thoughts and perspective uh, on their life right okay. now so so she's going to be talking a bit more about that uh, let's uh, have a listen <music> Hi, Lynn. Thanks very much for your time to take part in this. Uh, I'm just wondering how you are doing over on your side of the planet. How's the family?
4: Alhamdulillah, me and my family are doing well here in Melbourne. And for us here, life has changed Dramatically, I mean, yeah, it's a challenge for us to adapt to a new lifestyle. Actually, I wouldn't see myself sitting at home at this at this time, looking out the window, and it's raining here. I'll probably be out and about doing something somewhere. Um, but yeah, life goes on, and probably um, if we really um, work together to fight this um, COVID nineteen. Pandemic, we will achieve it and we will we're all in this together like they all say. So inshallah it will pass.
0: Lynn, you are involved in AMTV, Malaysian TV which is a community channel based in Melbourne in Australia. Uh, we actually did an interview with you some time ago. Um, I'm just wondering now that you've launched a channel what, what is, has the reception been like to uh, this particular endeavor?
4: AMTV, Aussie Malaysian TV, will be on air in May uh, 2020, inshallah. And so far, the uh, response is is very encouraging. But lately, after the COVID-19 pandemic, it has slowed down a bit because everybody's just focused on what's happening. You know, everybody's just keeping up on the news. So for us, it's a bit um, of a challenge for us to to promote um, the TV series because to them um, this crisis is more important than anything else. So I truly understand that. But we um, are still working hard uh, to promote and get more response and support from the audience. So inshallah, I think um, we will get there.
0: Speaking of the COVID-19 situation, I'm just wondering how this pandemic has affected the the programming or the production schedule that you have in mind for AMTV?
4: With the production of AMTV, we have actually finished the first season. Going to the second season, we have actually made a decision to stop all production. as um, I think that's the wise thing to do at this moment. Um, But we haven't um, actually stopped all projects. We are still doing other projects such as uh, our upcoming documentary, Also, in regards to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are also doing um, online shows, but most of the shows um, are done remotely, meaning we're recording remotely. I think that's the best thing to do for now um, before we um, decide to continue um, Season 2.
0: You mentioned about doing the COVID-19 programming or documentary just now. Can you tell us a bit more about that and what that is all about?
4: As mentioned earlier, we're working on a documentary, the COVID-19 Special Edition, which involves uh, Malaysians all over the world. So as you know, AMTV is all about uh, connecting the community. So with this documentary, what we want to achieve is to reach out to all Malaysians, to give them a voice, um, to share with us their experience, their struggles, on how uh, this pandemic has affected their life, uh, their career, their business services, um, and share with us so we can all support, you know, because we really want to um, reach out and say, Hey, we are all Malaysians. Let's do this and let's go through this together with the Malaysian spirit, Malaysia Boleh, because we know we will get through this together. That's what we want to share in this documentary.
0: Well, that sounds uh, fantastic. Certainly the objective is something that I can get on board with. If people want to get on board with this particular project and contribute um, their own uh, ideas and perspectives, uh, how can they do that?
4: For those who are interested to take part in this documentary, please uh, send us an email uh, to hotdesk at oz1.productions and we will get back to you and we'll brief you What is that you have to do and how you can uh, contribute in this documentary?
0: Uh, Good, good. Lovely stuff, Uh, but I'm sure not as lovely as your chocolates because uh, in our interview with you that we conducted some time ago, uh, you did speak about being a chocoholic. I just wonder whether you have enough chocolates to last you through this particular pandemic?
4: I have actually uh, have one year supply of chocolate. No, I'm just joking. While people are socking up on toilet paper and other stuff, I'm actually socking up on chocolate. Anyway, thank you so much for having me and um, we'll see you again.
0: Right. So that was Lynn Arifin uh, from AMTV. Ezra? Uh, yes. What do you think? AMTV sounds good, huh? I mean, sounds like something you can work with as well. Okay, <laughs> to- to produce content and whatnot,
1: it's, I think I feel very proud now that we have such thing going, especially AMTV in Australia and reaching out to people. in mean, Malaysia Malaysian in other parts of the world, like and I've i lived in the UK for a bit before, so it's it feels awesome to just connect with Malaysian all over the world because you know, Malaysian is everywhere, mm. <laughs> everywhere you go, you can somehow meet them in, especially if you travel all over Europe, like people migrating Mm. there, and, you know, they still have very strong Malaysia, Malaysian uh, identity, and, you know, especially if you just travel and you meet a Malaysian, and you feel somehow, like, bonded right away, especially Mm. because when if you're abroad so I think it's a good initiative and I like the fact that um, she also included uh, especially now during the pandemic they work remotely to get the project done I mean it's definitely um, uh, 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 I would say a very good effort mm. and now with all the technology and they're uh, making use of it and especially to make content to make firm and I think it's a a good step and especially during the lockdown so mm. yeah I, I would love to watch it and you know know more about it and contribute and yeah just just uh, see their perspective as a Malaysian that lives in Aussie and also other Malaysian all over the world
0: yeah um, I, I will be contributing something myself uh, in fact after this episode hey. is done I'll be recording something and sending it over to her Uh, Again, I think we're looking at just three, four minutes in terms of their video. So I think there's something that a lot of people can get on board with and produce fairly easily, uh, I would imagine, given that everybody basically now have a camera in their pocket, which is probably (laughs) not that good of a thing, but it is a thing. So it's there, uh, it's accessible, and as you can say, it allows for us to Uh work more remotely and connect with others better in that sense. I have to say, though, that, that bit when you said... About how you know Malaysians are everywhere, sounds like a challenge as yeah. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like you know you're, you're kind of. I hear that, and I think, eh, but you might be right, but I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, you know, <laughs> you to I, I just feel like you know, you go you go to Tajikistan or you go to uh, Tanzania or, or some random country somewhere that, that you've not really thought about as much. you know, some yeah, somewhere in, in in the world, and. You know, I feel like now very tempted just to, just, just to make sure that there are indeed Malaysians there. And and if I don't find any, <laughs> I can bring it up with you and I say, Ezra, uh, you lied to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think if I may add like, uh, probably it's a Nusantara thing and, you know, cause we are seafarer used to be, or we're very good at making, you know, sampan boat ship. I don't know. Uh. Dong mm. you know, in those days. So I think probably, if not like Malaysian, in the twenty first century, it must be like a version of Malay.
0: Mm. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Somewhere, you know, like
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Have some and in the South America also, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I well, if you want to get serious about it, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, no, <laughs> there's no doubt that uh, there's a strong travel uh, or, or exploring uh, inclination that our so-called people have. Um, I think, having said that, Nusantara thing is one thing, but I think generally people everywhere just move about as much, uh, or a lot more uh, in today's day and age. and And there's a strong history of that. By the way, Funny you mentioned that because I'm currently reading a book called Java Man, which is looking at um, oh. uh, some, basically the story and, and history of how fossils in Indonesia might prove something about how Indonesia, you know, in this case, uh, to be more precise, Java, uh, appeared to have some evidence of... Uh, uh, basically life, prehistoric life that existed many, many years ago. Uh-huh. So people talk about Asia, uh, sorry, people talk about Africa being the cradle of, of humanity. Um, and, and the book is making an argument to suggest that actually we, we might want to consider other parts of the world, like Java or, or Nusantara, as, as you uh, brought up sure. earlier, as uh, the origin of, uh, not the origin, but, but certainly a waypoint uh, along the... Travels of of humankind as a whole, so, so yeah, so we're we're looking at two million two million years in the, in in the past, really. So, I'm guessing basically, two million <laughs> years ago, people were uh, also marantawing um, to different parts of the world, <laughs> or yeah. to come here, who knows? But, but that's uh, what I'm reading right now. So it's it's quite interesting that you brought that up.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah, and oh, speak.
1: Hmm? Wada. I know, it, it, the word Merantau came to be one of the, among the first film that um, Jaris Evans did was an Indonesian film Marantau Merantau. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I think that would be nice to just uh, check it out back. I'm not sure whether it's on Netflix though, but I'm sure probably it's, it's on Google movies. I'm not sure to check it, but, yeah, I think
0: yeah, you, you should you should check it out. <laughs> it, it's a part of it. I mean, yeah, that in that film, we actually did a review of this, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Many years ago for Thoughts on Films. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't remember now. We'll what, have to check the archives. But basically, um yeah, yeah that that is an Indonesian film, two thousand eight, if I'm not mistaken, two thousand seven, somewhere around that time frame. And earlier, I think. Earlier, was it two thousand
1: Earlier, uh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I, I know about the rate, uh, the film that guys did after that, after mm-hmm. he got recognised for Moranta was back in 2015, I think. Because I was in uni for 2014, 15, 16. Mm. So I did the review before, or during the before that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not, I need to get the...
0: Get the U.S. right. Yeah, so. we, we, we all do. I think this whole lockdown thing is kind of messing up our minds uh, more than just a little bit. But uh, before our brains are too scrambled, uh, let's get back on track. Because um, we were yeah. talking about seafaring earlier. And I kind of want to <laughs> talk about, uh, well, instead of just sailing at sea, uh, about walking. Or rather, about Walkabout Asia. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, 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 hey. What what, what do we talk
1: about it? Yes,
0: let's, let's talk about it a bit more, Ezra. Your your what is your role Definitely. in that um channel or in that organization right now?
1: So basically now I'm an in house filmmaker, I would call myself. a mm-hmm. uh, storyteller because um predominantly I do the edit but also obviously before we can edit anything we like have to go out and film stuff mm-hmm. to interview and uh, get as much footage as possible. Uh, before even before that, uh, brainstorm about the story. So, yeah, I would. Uh, we call ourselves a filmmakers, a documentarian. Uh, basically making telling stories about people, about uh things. Uh, uh, localized and yeah, documentaries.
0: Right. Uh, so, so just just to work with the term documentary for a bit. More, uh, mm. you, you describe this as a micro documentary mm. uh, thing. Yes. I, I just wonder, like, just just for the benefit of people out there who might not be so familiar with this, mm. um, what are we looking at mm. here when we say micro documentary?
1: So, micro documentary, from what uh, I understand, is a shorter, a shorter version of short documentary. It length, it length, the duration of it is about. Uh, three to five minutes, mm-hmm. sometimes more, sometimes less. But uh, it focuses on a very specific story. Uh, so it's micro documentary. It really focuses and it not, um, really tell only the essential, the gist of let's say one story. Mm. So that's because especially nowadays, and with the, the attention span of people it's not that long and. Uh, it's an effort to just make sure that people still uh, enjoy short-form documentary or micro-documentary and still benefit from it. So that's what Walk About Asia is about. Uh, I would say Walk About Asia is essentially a micro-documentary channel that is predominantly on uh, social media, especially Facebook and Instagram but also YouTube, but most dominant in Facebook and that's where uh, people can watch and comment and react and share the videos and yeah, we upload every week. Uh, As for now, we've been persistent and uh, yeah, the the, the reaction from people is very interesting and I appreciate the fact that people respond and react to it and, you know, feel belong because Walk About Asia has been I would say um successful in telling uh, local stories as for now. So, mm. yeah, it, it, I, I think it, I am very happy to be part of it and very blessed to be, you know, sharing Malaysian stories and also Asian stories, mm. uh, but more Malaysian stories. And because it feels like, you know, we lack a, a documentary about cultural heritage that... Um, You know, sometimes you, you, I would say like, you kind of need to watch it to probably Mm -hmm. understand yourself better because it's your identity. But if you don't know it, then, then you don't really know it. So it's, it's, it's something that I feel strongly about. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been an awesome few months there.
0: Very intriguing. Uh, The way you described it is really awakening the inner Malaysian within me. I almost wanted to shout, Hidup Melayu! <laughs> I mean, but I did not, so... I not. <laughs> hidup Malaysia! Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's
1: not. It's hidup. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's, uh, it's not only inilah. Yeah, uh,
1: no, no, I... Because Malaysian story
0: Yeah, uh, true. Exactly. come on, you know me. And dear listeners, you know me as <laughs> I well. I, I say a lot of very, you know, uh, silly things every once in a while. And that's... That's Yay. one of them in that context. Um, but, anyways, coming back I to this. Say he don't like you also. Coming back to this, yeah. though, uh, you're, you're right, though, because uh, one of the videos I did watch just very briefly to prepare for this session of ours is a video about uh, the shop houses in KL. It's, it's one of the more recent Yay. ones. Um, quite nice. I, I feel like it's very informative, it's, it's very enlightening. Mm-mm. Uh, fairly well done on, on many levels as well uh i just noticed that on youtube the views are very very small uh we're looking at 20 oh. plus views at least for that video and some of the more recent yeah. ones uh pun what 70 50 or whatnot so it kind of made me <laughs> it kind of made me wonder like how, how do you guys i i mean at the risk of sounding a, a little you know uh inquisitive uh, or, or too inquisitive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how do you make money from this what, what, what's the business model that you're working with here?
1: So basically I think uh, because we are I would say Walkable Asia is a platform agnostic that's the term that we platform agnostic <laughs> uh, because we so we basically go where people are <laughs> and somehow you'd be surprised how many people on facebook because people are nowadays most of it in social media so Mm. facebook and youtube youtube works more like a search engine you know when you want to search something or know something more so you search about it but in facebook it's slightly different because it's a social media and it's tailored to your uh searches your taste your you know things that you and your friends share so Mm. Uh, we predominantly are on Facebook, so you should check out our <laughs> Facebook page. Uh, and uh, to answer your question, essentially we are, uh, so Walkable Asia is a content, let's say, a content house. So um, we are a production house. We will make a mm. campus production. So we still have our um, regular clients, corporate clients. So that's, where the business ah, is. And so that's what helps push forward talking, walk with because we really, really like, we are a team of filmmakers that really are fond of making documentaries, telling stories in that way. Mm. So yeah, that, that's
0: how it goes. Alright, okay. That would make a lot more sense. Alright. Mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I think maybe my mindset is that because I, I still see uh. YouTube primarily, and maybe other sources as well, but YouTube primarily as a way in which people can produce content and make money from from YouTube through advertising and such. So I just wondered, yeah. you know, for a video that has twenty one views, how many, how much money can you make from that? So because the, the product looks pretty good, the videos themselves, I I see that there's quite a lot of attractive shots. Uh, it seems they're well put together. Um, the interviews are also fairly well done. So. So from my perspective, it looks high quality, but then mm-hmm. I look at the view count and I thought, oh, well, how are they making yeah. their money? So, so that's my bad. That's my bad. Yeah. Um, coming back to you, you mentioned yourself mm-hmm. as an in-house uh, filmmaker. I I saw a video yes, that sir. you actually worked on, which is uh, something to do with the Ma-Yong. Hey. and yes. I, I thought it was great. Um, not Thank just you. because yeah, not just because the guy was talking about uh, one of the musical instruments uh, and one part of it. They are called the pantat
1: <laughs> <It says laughs>
0: and, and this is this is a, no this is the great thing because he's using the word pantat mm. in the way indonesians would mm. because oh is it in the in, in, it in, in, i guess you could way. say in the mainstream malaysian context like you know if you go to kl you say pantat it's, it's actually you know it refers to
1: slur
0: yeah it's, it's it's a slur but it's also another part of your body that's a bit more um mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's uh, yeah. You don't really talk about it as openly as as we are doing right now. <laughs> but in in hey, Indonesia, yeah, in Indonesia, it's actually uh, it's a little bit more normal. Um, still not something that that you would say to your mother in law, for instance. But but certainly amongst friends, <laughs> you you can. Um,
1: Is it like the same meaning, sir?
0: Well, in just just no, not really. Um, simply put, uh, I think in in Indonesia we talk about it as uh, the ass, basically, the butt, the behind, ah. right? Uh, and that's not how we use it in the Malaysian context. So, so <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a colleague of mine who talked about this, um, and and she had this experience where you know she was scratching her ass, and then. She was telling her Malaysian friend oh. about it. Her, her friend is asking, What are you doing? Oh, Garu Pantat. And then the friend's like, What?
1: <laughs> uh. oh. <laughs> That's an so interesting anecdote.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, not really the focus of your Mark Young documentary. But um so let's yeah, so let's get back to that. Uh in, in, in the documentary oh, yes. <laughs> for that video at least, uh, for that micro-documentary, you were listed mm-hmm. as the the editor and the story person. So yeah. I find it interesting mm. because now I wonder about your uh, filmmaking process. Uh, does it mean that you were involved mm-hmm. to begin with at the start of that uh, production uh, to determine what kind of story mm. that they would tell? Or is it a matter of people go out there, shoot stuff, and then they bring the footage back to you and say, okay, Ezra, just edit it mm-hmm. and find the story here or something. Um, how, how do you work in, in that context? So for the Mak Young story, it's
1: uh, very unique because we were by uh, Pusaka, Pusaka is a uh, organization that focus on reviving, or oh, reviving um the Ma'yung, the history of Ma'yung and try to uh, to educate how it is now banned, but the ban is lifted, and then how it's a traditional art uh, that is forgotten, and uh, and the state uh, where it is predominantly practiced, there's not longer
3: allow it
1: to be practiced in the way that it's originally practiced so basically pusaka reach out to us and, uh, and talk about how we can collaborate so um we we they asked us to think about what we want to shoot uh they, it's a program so we filmed the pro- we didn't, we didn't really filmed the program, but we followed the program. I, uh, one of my other, uh, uh, two of my other crew, so I was there also filming, interviewing, hmm. and basically edit the film. And right. yeah, uh, and, uh, initially I was assigned to uh, look out for the story, come up with the interview question. Uh, so I was pretty um, involved with this one. And it's major for me because uh, because before this, our producers are uh, the one who really, um, because it's, it's their, they started today, um credit to them. Kudos to them also, the fact that I'm part of uh, Walk about Asia. Because, uh, mm. yeah, I it started, could uh, a different story, but it started when I came across one of the documentary and you know how much I love documentaries so mm. it struck me that oh this is a it, where who made this it's so good I need mean, to especially and, and they and they um showcase the local stories which I find it hard to see anywhere else uh, uh out there that tell our local stories in 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 a appealing way like this so I uh, I remember my first uh, Walk by Asia uh, micro-documentary that I watched was um, the story about Tanjok, the Malay traditional headgear. So mm-hmm. I was um, really intrigued by it and research and reach out. And yeah, I am part of them now, making stories that I really like. Uh, so yeah, back to Ma Yong. So that's, I uh, we went there uh, to watch the performance. Was there for three days and two nights. So we brought three of our cameras, so all of us shoot, and we did the interview with um the the elders there as well as the main musician, also one of the elders. So yeah, that's how the story come about. And this is the first one that I um edit uh, on my own, especially because of the restriction movement order, the RMO and hmm. uh, I have the footage with me so I work by myself and reconnected and we update each other online alright so yeah that's how that's how the story
0: is out there oh, I, I didn't know that this is the one that you, you, you were working on I think last time when we recorded you talked about we had some technical issues so we had to delay the recording and then you said no it's no, okay I'm no, doing no. some editing this is the editing that you were talking yeah. about
1: yeah that's that's the one yeah Ah. <laughs> so, how about yeah. that
0: how about that, ladies and gentlemen? Filmmaking in action. <laughs> Life goes on. <laughs> oh, that's very intriguing. That's very intriguing. Mm. So for people who are intrigued, uh, you know, just to round up this discussion uh, for, for today's episode, for people who are intrigued, um, you know, what, what what should they get started with? Because I, I look at the library of, of video there's a lot of videos there eh? mm-hmm. any particular recommendations as, as yeah. to uh, go, which if videos if you go to
1: our Facebook pages page not pages if you, go, if, you if you all go to the Walk About Asia Facebook page mm-hmm. and I think you can search uh, one is definitely Tanja it scooped me right away a bit mm-hmm. long but very informative and you would feel very proud of uh, Malay if you watch it you should watch it so you don't uh, you. that's Tanja <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you uh, and uh, other than that yes, I think one interesting one would be gasing uri it's a traditional um, gasing from Telantai. and yeah mm. it's it's an interesting to see like oh there is a community uh, that play and you know practice uh, and you know it's an activity that, that people do with this gasing uri mm. and I think the latest one uh, definitely makyong part 1 and part 2 and uh, yeah, because I, I like it so I might be biased but I think the other one that I really like is Durian. We did a story about Durian mm-hmm. where we film uh, uh, we film we went down to Ju, uh, went up to Junjung Junjung is somewhere in the north not that far from Seberang Perai somewhere in border of Penang Kedah, I think mm-hmm. so yeah, there's this very uncle, eh, this very OG uncle, my, yeah, it's a very OG uncle, interesting character, and we, uh, we asked him about, does he have uh, durian, dusun durian, kebun durian, I think, for, for his whole life, since now he's in his 70s, and you know, he started with his father when he was just in teenager so wow, i or amazing. even earlier so it's interesting to, to watch uh the story about durian now i i can and you know, especially if you were to go to durian i know oh, this is 11 uh, and this is right uh, and this is a different different kind of durian mm. <laughs> so this is ochi this is black ton. so yeah interesting interesting story that if i i didn't you know, if I didn't film it, I wouldn't know. So I think that's that's the perks of working in a team that what makes documentary. You just learn so much.
0: Mm. So wow, I mean, certainly I would love to be a part of a team making a film about durian um, <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, well, I will be that one team member who's gonna be telling you, okay, you guys just shoot. I'll, I'll go and test the durian just to make sure everything is okay. <laughs> So I, the most unprofessional yeah. filmmaker ever, but um, but the the most satisfied durian fan ever as well. So you know pros and cons, ladies and gentlemen, as ever. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for that, Ezra, and thank you very much so as well. I bid to each and every single one of you uh, for for your time and for your effort to log on and to tune in to uh, the latest episode of Thoughts on Films. Yeah. Hey. yeah. So, once again, thank you very much as well to our contributors from other parts of the world. Lin Arfin, Muzami Rahman, and Muzaffar Shahnafi. And, and, of course, uh, yeah. yeah, to to my family for putting up with all this for now. <laughs> <laughs> Jake is not in his room right now. He's yeah. uh, somewhere else.
1: Oh, yeah, when, I mean
0: once I'm head. done, once I'm done, he's going to come oh, back okay. in. Yeah. <laughs> so we will we'll figure that out. For now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's that. Uh, stay home, stay safe, and uh, take care. Definitely. Take care,
1: everyone. Bye.